0: Freeman, I'm here with Dave Espitsky, and we're joined by our guest this morning, Kayur Devon. I'm so happy to see you and have you here. Thank you for joining.
1: Yeah, likewise. I'm excited to be here as well.
0: Awesome. Now, you are a senior product manager with RDS. Can you remind us what RDS stands for?
1: Uh, RDS is uh, a relational database service that runs on top of uh, EC2. Uh, so if you're running any sort of database workloads uh, such as MySQL, PostgreSQL, uh, Oracle, uh, even other commercial databases such as uh, SQL Server, uh, and obviously our uh, proprietary databases, uh, Aurora PostgreSQL and Aurora MySQL.
0: Okay. I love our, our naming, by the way, relational database service. <laughs> like, very descriptive um it works and we dodged i guess sequel in there uh tell me like how did you come to the cloud and and how long have you been at aws
1: uh that's an interesting question uh i used to work for, for a company called tectronics they make test and measurement instruments and i ran the server storage business there uh for roughly about six years uh with a team of product managers and i was looking onto a particular market segment, uh, which was very close to cloud computing. So PCI Express, uh, Thunderbolt, SATA SaaS, these are some of the interfaces you see on servers that get built for cloud. That essentially led my interest into the cloud, the big thing going on, and AWS reached out to me, uh, uh, the EC2 team, if you are familiar with EC2, right? and they said, Hey, would you be interested uh, in inter- interviewing with us? And that's how the whole journey to the cloud started. I, I was interested. I went through the interview process. Uh, I was in Taiwan when I uh, heard back from them on a business trip. Uh, uh, they woke me up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. Uh, really? So, it, yeah. Uh, they, they said, hey, Every time is Seattle time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really, uh, we were willing to make you an offer. And I was like, sorry, what, who, who is this? Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was in my sleep, but, but anyway, it was exciting. And uh, I started with EC2 uh, at AWS. I spent about two years at EC2 as a product manager. Uh, for folks who are familiar with EC2, I was responsible for launching T4G, the first uh, T variation of Graviton2 based instances, uh, X2G, uh, the instances, uh, and a and bunch of other uh, things while I did, while I was there. Uh, but I was always wanting to go higher up the stack uh, in the cloud computing space. So applications that run on top of EC2 uh, where all the cool stuff happens. And yeah. uh, that's where I landed up with RDS. So I've been with RDS for uh, over a year. Uh, and I'm primarily a, a product manager for uh, RDS for Postgres SQL as an engine. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, I also recently launched uh, a new feature that cuts across uh, RDS, so Aurora and RDS, uh, a new feature called uh, uh, RDS uh, Blue Green Deployments.
0: Amazing. And I think we're going to talk much more about that now. I really want to talk about that. I also want to (laughs) say, I feel like Amazon was preparing you to be on call when they... Made that offer. They were like, "It's 3 a.m. Wake up, Amazon
2: here." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a there's an internal. So there's an inter- <laughs> I think I could talk about this. It's just hilarious. There's an internal phone tool badge. You're gonna love this, Emily. Okay. You, you've got to get it. So, because I remember this when I was in the devices business. We had to deploy the Amazon app store in order to get it on your Android phone. It was an APK. So you had to turn on load APK, you know, like you couldn't get it from the store. And there was a video of a man saying, it's okay, it's Amazon. <laughs> and that's the phone fan. It's, it's, it's okay, it's Amazon. It's Amazon. It's like that. So that's that's exactly what you're talking about with the the thing. I have, I have a question because I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast and I don't know if other companies have it. Can you explain the difference between a product manager and a program manager? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I forget too, Emily. Like, I'm always like, oh, yeah, what's the difference here? So can the, you
1: explain? They're very, very different. Very. Yeah. Uh, so a product manager works very, very closely, closely with external customers. So we, we are kind of in bed with customers, right? Trying to understand uh, what are the next things that they're building? What do they struggle with on a daily basis? In true sense, uh, working backwards, which we call here at Amazon, right? Uh, so that's what product managers do. They they get into a whole lot of details with our with, uh, customers. And they're typically engineers, developers, right? Uh, so... Uh, walk through the journey where they struggle, what are the areas where they're investing, what kind of support are they gonna require? And what we do is we, we talk to not just one, but a lot of these customers and then see what kind of trends are we emerging? Where should we as an AWS be investing? Uh, and, and essentially bring that to our teams, brainstorm, uh, and then uh, work with uh, the stakeholders within the engineering and other people to come up with uh, a product that we want to build and take to market. Now, once we've done a PR FAQ, right, the Amazon style of working backwards, right, and define what products we need to build, then uh, that's where uh, the program manager comes into play uh, when we start executing. So the program manager is the sole proprietary executor who's like Making sure everybody stays on task, we deliver. They they do project tracking, they right. the risks. So the entire delivery and coordination of the project uh, to launch is where you have you know, the program manager being in charge and running the show.
2: Got it. Yeah, and that's like your traditional. That's Jared from Silicon Valley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you watch Silicon Valley? Here, so
2: good. Just makes me laugh thinking about Jared in his face. Oh and God. then we have things like product marketing managers or PMMs, yeah, which Emily and I work at a lot because they can actually run programs for marketing where Emily and I just get up on stage and raise our hands around.
0: <laughs> we have and to do podcasts. them, <laughs> <Say> them for <laughs> our website changes, like please. Yeah.
2: yeah, and we have some amazing PMMs here. So yeah. why don't we why don't we baseline the tech a little bit for the audience uh, before we get into the managed service that you launched at Reinvent? So can you talk about you know? Making database changes today, blue-green deployments, like what what problems were customers facing? You know, how, how long did it take, you know,
1: security-wise, all of that? So I must have spoken to like 50 plus customers after I moved on to RDS. This was my signature project, moving from EC2 to RDS. Yeah, uh, And oh, nice. across this 50 plus customers that I spoke with, uh, there was a common theme. They all were just frustrated that it took so long them to upgrade and update databases uh, and and there were a couple of ways largely how these customers managed their upgrades uh back in the days now uh, before we launched this uh, one what we call is in-place upgrade and uh, what in-place upgrade is is essentially you you have a scheduled maintenance window i don't know if you've gone to some e-portal websites or, or banking websites where they say We have a scheduled downtime and our website won't be functional for a certain number of hours. What they're essentially doing in the back end is they're taking down their database, upgrading it, and then bringing it back on. And what this translates to is a large amount of downtime, right? Where uh, customer service is not available and they essentially land up losing business, uh, especially if you're an e commerce website, right? Uh, where you have these transactions or even uh, banking transactions, right? They go down oh, yeah. and, uh, different industries where it impacts, right? Uh, so uh, this was a big, big issue for a lot of their mission critical tier one workloads. Uh, and they did in-place upgrade for a long period of time. It is simple. We we have a lot of blogs and guidance in terms of how to accomplish that. But, but the downtime uh, is a big, big issue there, right? And also they didn't have a way to predict because as they go through the upgrade process, a lot of times you run into issues and challenges where things get stuck uh, and that leads to an un- unplanned downtime, right? So if, let's say they plan for two hours, but sometimes it extends to four hours, which is not very good uh, for their business. So that was the challenge with in-place upgrades. Now, some of the sophisticated customers were familiar with what we call blue-green, and and they build their own blue-green deployment. But that requires uh, a lot of uh, planning, orchestration, uh, dedicated resources uh, who have to manage this. Uh, But what that does is uh, essentially now they benefit from a lower downtime. So they're trying to solve the large downtime problem with in-place upgrades on their own. And, and uh, I, I would categorize these two areas as the big buckets where customers have challenges. Right? Even if you do your own blue-green, it is expensive. And uh, we will get into some of the details. Even customers who do their own blue-green today did not have that higher degree of control uh, mm-hmm. that we've built uh, as a part of our managed uh, blue-green offering.
0: So let's step back for just a minute. What, what is a blue-green deployment and why would it be expensive?
1: Uh, so, uh, <laughs> great question. Uh, blue-green deployment is uh, essentially nothing but you you have your current production setup, mm-hmm. and what you want to do is you want to make updates to that particular database uh, that is running in production. So you create a clone or a mirrored copy uh, of that database. Uh, now that mirrored version is called green. So that's the terminology. Uh, So what happens is all your production data gets copied over onto the green and now you have access to your production database without uh, production traffic. So your blue, which is your current production, is still safe. Whatever Uh tests you run on green don't impact your blue, your uh, current production. But at the same time, there is a constant replication, uh, a copy happening from blue over to green. So you, you have that access uh, on the green with the latest data, which is being pumped into your blue database.
0: Okay, so let me understand this. So um, let's say I own acmehats.com and I sell a lot of hats because uh, I'm very successful. And if I, so I do this, I pull this green database off to the side, but even as I'm continuing to sell on my site on that blue side, as those those lines in the database get shifted, that is then transferring over to green throughout this entire process.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay. That's incredible. Because essentially two databases is why it would get expensive, I imagine. Yeah.
1: uh, Yes. so now you have two, so there's there's the infrastructure cost, but there's also cost of actually making sure this works. Uh, You have to deploy your resources to make sure that you're able to set up that kind of replication uh, you, you're able to create that green database so there's a lot of work in the back end a magic that we built uh, which actually clones and creates that database for you and customers would have to do that in a manual way they have to write scripts uh, maintain that code base uh, so so there's there's work associated with that part as well
0: okay I mean I vote Yolo like just just throw it on and then pray like hope it hope it works why why validate? Why that's why
2: we don't let you in production
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix talks about the Simeon army and the chaos monkeys what they mean is it's just Emily just unplugging things um, okay that's amazing do you know where we got blue green like the the origin of those colors It's a
1: yellow was taken <laughs> uh, it's a well known uh, industry term uh, and I'm trying to recall his name his name is Andy Uh who, who first uh, wrote about this? Uh, it's so blue green is more of a DevOps term. It's not really more of a database term. Okay. Uh, so Martin Fowler, uh, and you can look him up, right? Yeah. Uh, he he was the one who uh, who started writing about this a while ago, and it uh, was very very popular, or still popular for the DevOps, right? Yeah. Uh, not so much within the database world because uh, databases by themselves are, is a it's a different beast because you have to worry so much about concurrency, things like downtime, right? Uh, and so that's where essentially blue green name comes from. And it's uh, highly used uh, with our practitioners today, no. uh, uh, across the industry. Uh, you'll find them mentions uh, even in uh, Gartner reports uh, as an advice to C-level executives in terms of oh, how yeah. can they, uh, drive uh, efficiency and improvements within their uh, organization. And blue-green is called out as one of the things uh, these execs need to look at and uh, consider investing in.
0: That's awesome. And I just looked it up. Uh, Martin Fowler, you're correct, popularized it. Jez Humble came up with the name. Um, so that's him. He that's, He's a good man. I think he's still at Google. So Good guy. How does blue-green or, you know, we should call them teal. We should really...
1: It's it's kind of funny, uh, we were uh, thinking about what are we going to name this product and internally we have a process where we sometimes comes up, come up with abstract names as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Blueprint Deployment is a descriptive name, and yeah. uh, one of the proposals I had was Sia.
0: Uh, I love it!
1: <laughs> uh, obviously that didn't make the cut, uh, we we wanted to go with a more descriptive name, uh, but That's to fair. your point, uh, it was a consideration. <laughs>
0: What is the benefit of that for most customers that, that we serve versus something like a rolling deployment or another sort of variation of
1: this? Uh, so I think the big part here is uh, you, you have a sandbox environment, right? A staging environment in green where you get to test, validate, build your confidence saying that new version or whatever changes that I am deploying uh, are uh, essentially good for me uh, before I I actually pull the plug or or before I switch over, right? Uh, Got it. Versus no, uh, so that's 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 the big differentiator, right? Is it allows you to do that in a in a very safe way without impacting your current production. Love it. So what did we launch
2: now with a managed blue green uh, deployment?
1: So what we launched at Blue uh, reinvent is. Uh, as you said, it's a managed blue-green deployment. We've discussed everything what blue-green is so far. And what we've done is we've made it simple for our customers by automating a bunch of workflows that they would do on their own if they had self-managed blue-green, as an example. So from the point where you can uh, simply just uh, point at your current production, uh, right-click in the console and say, create blue-green deployment. And and specify if you want to do a major version upgrade, uh, what that version is. We we do all that stuff in the back end, spin up green, make sure it gets upgraded and come back and report and say, hey, we have your green sandbox available. Uh, go ahead and test it, right? So we we pick up all that work on the backend side and automate it for our customers, making it very simple, like a one click uh, in, in many ways, right? How they can get to creation of the green. And besides that, uh, what we've done is, uh, uh, and we'll get into this in, in detail as well, is we built a lot more safety, uh, built-in safety checks. Safety was a big concern, uh, con- talking to our customers, uh, ensuring that nothing gets broken, there's data consistency in place uh, when we promote our green to be the new production environment. Uh, so uh, we we built those as well. So other than automation, I would say uh, uh, guardrails, which, what we call switch-over guardrails, are... are are one of the bigger differentiators that uh, we've built, uh, which you don't typically see even in self managed uh, blue green deployments built by customers.
2: Yeah, can you explain what the switchover guardrails are?
1: Sure, uh, happy to do that. So uh, once your green database uh, has all the changes and you've tested those out, and you're confident that, you know, I'm ready to push this to production now, make this my production environment. What we have is a switchover API or within the console, you can click a button and say switch over. And uh, when you call switch over, what we do is we, we do a bunch of internal checks. Actually, let me take a step back. When you call switch over, you also have the ability to specify uh, what we call switchover timeout. Uh, it's a parameter where you can to specify what's your maximum tolerable downtime. If I'm going to push this to a new production system, I do not want my downtime more than a minute, as an example. And we give you the ability to specify that. So let's say you you call switch over and you say my downtime cannot be more than a minute. And then switch over is kicked off as an API. So when switchover is called, uh, there are a few things we do. Number one, we go check the health of the instances, saying, hey, the blue database instance, the green database instance, are they healthy? Uh, Are they working, right? The host is not dead, things like that. So that's our first check that we do. The second, uh, and in my mind, the more important check we do is, is the replication between the blue and the green healthy, right, are there any replication errors? Are there any corruption uh, on the replications on the green? So we check for those we and then we check for uh are there any long-running transactions happening on the blue when switchover was called because that essentially means that it's going to take a long time for that data to be moved from blue to green and if you specify the switchover timeout to be a minute but the transaction is running way longer Mm -hmm. uh it you you can run into data discrepancy issues right yeah what we do is we detect these things as a part of our switchover guardrails and abort switchover, right? If we detect that there's a replication error, if we detect that the long-running transaction that was running on the blue uh, wow. is going to take longer than a minute to move all the data from blue to green, uh, we we detect that uh, internally and essentially said, you know what, we cannot move forward with the switchover, uh, and and essentially we we do a safe. Uh, ensuring that no data is lost uh, as a part of the whole switchover process.
0: I was just going to ask about the failsafe. Like how do I, if we're, say we're we're in the process of transferring, we abort for whatever reason, but those transactions that were happening in those couple seconds, what happens to those? Like, how do you manage that?
1: So, okay, so here's the thing. uh, And uh, that's a great question. I think I, I failed to mention this. So when you call switchover, uh, while even before we run uh, uh, the guardrails check, we block rights on both blue ah. and green. Okay. So okay. there are no new incoming transactions, right? Uh, and that is essentially to ensure that we can copy everything from blue over to green. Yeah. And there is no delta. So great question. Yeah. Yeah. I Is this available across...
2: RDS Aurora, like the the guardrails sound amazing. Is this is this available across everything
1: today? So this is available only as a part of our managed blue green deployment offerings uh, for the engines that we support with managed blue green today, which is uh, RDS for MySQL, uh, RDS for MariaDB, uh, and Aurora MySQL.
0: And how long do you find like I mean I would say typical database, but the spread on size of database must be massive. So what? Like, I'm sure the larger folks split things up or you like have it a bit more organized, but in your experience, what is the average time that something will be offline while this transfer is happening?
1: Oh, uh, that's, uh, uh, we, we debated about this internally heavily, uh, what yeah. it would look like because we didn't have a lot of data. But now that we've launched this, uh, I have real data. And oh. I can- And I can tell you that uh, we we've had hundreds of customers use this already, and more than hundreds, like the north of hundreds, customers who've actually created and switched over uh, blue green deployments. And on an average, and these have been massive size of databases uh, which have used uh, on an average the downtime they've incurred is a minute or less.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yep, Uh, compared to like. 40 minutes to yeah. hours in the past, like some customers had experience where they would uh, incur downtime in like hours, not even minutes. Uh, yeah. And now they go able to do it in a snap, like a minute or less. Incredible. That's
2: what happens when we've got human beings involved. <laughs> now we're down to a minute, you know? <laughs> I love human beings, I'm just saying. Machines are a little bit, algorithms are a little more efficient.
0: Efficient, but not as friendly.
2: I'm always <laughs> on
0: the human, okay? Don't.
2: They're neither friendly or mean.
0: They're you start? Don't start defending the machines. Okay, well, no.
2: I, I, I am. I, I welcome our future robot overlords. I am a good human.
0: I do not. I'll be in the first one, like, You're gonna no. be fighting.
2: You're gonna be Sarah Connor on the front lines. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I can see it.
0: Sarah Connor. Are you yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Really? Well, it's still humans who build this, so
0: yes, yes. <laughs> we can unplug that. For now, yes. Um, <laughs> okay, this has been incredibly informative. Thank you so much. So how do people learn more? Like what's the best way for them to kind of figure out if this is right for them? Uh,
1: sure. Uh, so far we we have a lot of material. Uh, so we we have our web pages where we talk about this. Uh, but I would recommend that start with the tech docs. we've We've done a lot of due diligence in thinking through making sure we cover all the use cases have the minor level details uh, that customers need to make sure they spin themselves up on and understand uh, before they actually go try it out. So our tech docs are great. I would highly recommend you go take a look at that for a deep dive. If you're just looking for a high-level overview, I think that that this podcast should should help as well in many ways. Uh, uh, But also there's the uh, blogs that we've posted uh, at reInvent Launch. So that's a great way to look at it. Uh, One of my favorite things is uh, actually the video. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at uh, the introductory video we created for Blue Green Deployment.
2: Oh, no. Give me that. Yeah, give me the URL. I didn't see it on the site. I'll put it in the show notes for folks. I love those. I think it does a
1: a fabulous job just because uh, uh, I I was micromanaging that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, then it was the best video on YouTube I've ever seen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it was a good it. good, uh, good uh, collaborative effort from the team here. Uh, and uh, I, I love how it's come out. It gives a good high-level visual of how blue gain deployment works, what we do. And some of the questions mm-hmm. which came up in our conversations as well is like, how do you manage in-flight transactions? We talk about that we block them up front uh, before, before we actually go ahead and switch over. I,
0: I got to say, like this is the thing I love about AWS in particular. When we launch products and I talk to these service teams and how they kind of thought through things and architected the entire system, I deeply appreciate how much thought and care goes into it and avoiding problems for the customer, either at the beginning or the middle. You know, the last thing you want to do is lose data. Like, this is really, really important for folks. So uh, I just appreciate, data I appreciate it.
2: updates can be disruptive because it is difficult to predict the oh. down I think we have the videos popping into the podcast. I need to keep that. <laughs> That's a teaser. And if you click on the link, you'll be able to hear the full video.
0: That's our cold
1: open, just
2: like <laughs> background noise. <laughs> that, if- that guy, I don't know if he's real or if he's like an animated voice through NLU, but he, he's calming. And in every like AWS service, he, he used to describe things in devices too.
0: Mm-hmm no he's like for those videos
2: is very good yeah he's like the guy that does the movie the movie previews i, fr- oh. I forget his name he's like no one, one man yeah a world
1: yes
2: torn one yeah. man
1: It's
2: <laughs> going to blue green deploy
0: yeah <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. we should we should write out this this plot um post-apocalyptic blue-green. We apocalypse. could do that
2: for your funny idea that you had the other day, Emily.
0: That's true. I want to do a funny video, or I want to make a, a funny a funny video for a product launch. We'll see if I get away with it, if PR lets me through You
2: will. It's going to be amazing. So,
0: <laughs> so what's got you excited? Like, what are you looking forward to? What's next?
1: Uh, what's got me excited? Uh, I, I I think what's exciting is, is the feedback so far, which is so amazing. Like every customer I talk to, they, they're like, I am so glad you guys finally did this. So there's that satisfaction as a product manager, just to hear that consistently from every customer you meet after the yes. launch. Uh, but also looking forward is uh, some of the requests, incoming requests, uh, they're saying, why don't you guys do this or support for this? Uh, customers always want more. Uh, and there's requests for new features and capabilities. And I'm just excited that this is now building into some sort of a uh, portfolio where we continue to wow. invest uh, and, and grow this solution over the years.
0: I love that, I love that. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what comes up next. Thank you so much for joining us and walking us through this. Uh, we really appreciate your time and your wisdom.
1: Uh, no, thank you and i'm I'm happy to do this again sometime. Uh, hopefully for a different feature that we launch. We would love that. Thank you, sir. All right.